Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, I'm Scott Sopshin. And I'm Evan Novi Williams, and this is the Vegas A's Sports Business. This podcast, the Sportacast. All right. Well, it is the Vegas A's because that's a big, big story. But you and I last week we were trying to come up with different names. Hmm. Like you, right away, you you sided right away with what was it again? Vegas, the Las Vegas rake. Rake, which has Vegas rake. both casino and baseball uh, relevance, obviously. And my objection to that, not real objection, my what I pointed out was that I'm not sure the general fan out there, the non-hardcore gambler, the person who went to Vegas once or twice, doesn't know what rake means. That's probably true. In Vegas. And I don't think owners want necessarily to be associated with the uh, the thing that siphons money away from the consumers, even though you could maybe make an argument that's what they're doing. Although but, I will uh, tell you, back in the day, back in the day, and I, I mean, I, God, I think it was a cover story for Bloomberg Markets magazine, you know, back in the day, Oscar, Oscar Goodman, the mayor at the time, came to the office with the showgirls and feathers, the whole like, you know, they understand showmanship. But back in the day, the casinos had a very strong lobby. Duh. What they didn't want is anything, anything that would lure customers out of the casinos was considered taboo. Hmm. They wanted you to stay there and play and drink, and that has changed. It has just become sort of an entertainment destination. Of course, they'll have their hospitality in every ballpark, just like the Raiders. Anything that brings people to Vegas now is considered good for the casinos, unlike back in the day was whoever comes, we got to keep them in our walls. And, and part of that, not just people, but specifically families, right? This was the the, the last 20 yeah. years, the, the renaissance for Las Vegas of being a place, not just that, let's be honest, primarily young men went to went, went to go for entertainment, but a place where families and women, could go. And where, women. Yeah, sure. Less so, I'm sure. But um, yeah, the place now where, where families can go, where they can hike, where they can eat great food, they can see top tier entertainment, they can see top tier sports. All of that is kind of a relatively, I mean, past past couple decades thing for Las Vegas. And Scott, it has become the, the hottest city in sports the, just in the past few years between the Golden Knights, the, the Raiders, uh, MLS looking at expansion there, professional lacrosse teams, big college sports the, events. The, the Desert is, Dogs, baby. 
there is there is so much happening there, um, and and who knows the NBA could be looking at expansion there or, or is looking at and and could very well be expanding there at some point in the next half decade or so. Uh, the the change, the rapid shift from Las Vegas being a place that was kind of taboo for professional and college sports. Well, which was the football player that wanted to go to like the gambling convention or something? Tony in the Romo. NFL said no. Yeah, it was he Tony had Romo. A, he had a gambling a, a fantasy sports. It wasn't. I mean, debate. It was even oh it was God, fantasy it sports. It was fantasy it was not sports. Gambling. Sheesh. Yeah, Sheesh. and and, and the talk NFL, about grandma knitting a blanket. Now. Ex- exactly, exactly. Yeah, so so the b- both in the the turn on gambling itself and also the turn on Vegas has been very swift um, and, and 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 very noticeable in the professional sports world. How many times have you been to Vegas? Zero. You've never been to Las Vegas. Never, never been to Vegas. Yeah. Oh, what? I it's, mean, this is a whole separate podcast. To me, I know, and I uh, just should, never. Can I go with you? Can I go? Should I go with you for the first? Can I go with you? You know, we have some business. Re- well, you, you make, you're going to come. Like F1 is going out there, right? You want to come to the be, F1 event? That may be number one. Yeah. That'd be a sick week. But I, I remember just the All Star Game for the NBA. It had it coincided with Chinese New Year. You couldn't move. It was impossible to get anywhere. It was brutal. I mean, I, I absolutely hated it. I've been many, many times. Um, I was out there for the pro lacrosse. I was at the Desert Dogs announcement with Joe Sy, Wayne Gretzky, Dustin Johnson. Um, my bachelor party was in Las Vegas yep. uh, on the way out. Did I ever tell you the story? On the way out, I started not to feel so great. Like even before <laughs> just on the way out, like scratchy throat. Uh-oh. I had r- just absolutely raging strep and ear infections all at the same time. I mean, the doctor took one look at me and said, I think we need to go with the injection to get the antibiotic, you know, oh, just going r- right away. It was that. So everybody else had a lovely, lovely time. I was just like miserable eating soup at the Palms, of course, at the time owned by the Malouf family. Um, and that, let me, I, I don't even, I have no idea if it's still there, but if the seafood buffet at the Rio is still a thing, I will go there first with you. That is, that is what I will plant myself there. You can go to all your shows, whatever entertainment you want in Las Vegas. I will park myself at the seafood buffet. Thank you. very You much. had me at buffet, Scott. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's, um, let's actually, let's get, let's get to the news here. The Las Vegas, uh, the, the Oakland athletics uh, baseball team that has been looking for a decade. It feels like about trying to build, get money for a new They've baseball been talking stadium. Around this since Barry Bloom was a cub reporter and that's going back decades. And trying a very long time to get a, to get a new stadium in the Bay area. Uh, just last week uh, announced they were in a binding contract to buy land in Las Vegas, buying land from the Fertitta brothers, the former owners of UFC. It appears to be that barring something unforeseen, there's some financing hiccups we can we can maybe get to, but it appears the Oakland Athletics will be moving to Las Vegas at some point in the next couple years uh, and building a new 35,000 seat stadium right off the Vegas Strip. I do love the way certain things become emblematic or symbolic of why we need a ballpark, what's not working. Have you seen the the possum? Yes, I have seen the possum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was because they have not rid the what is it, the press box, the yeah, whatever of the possum. It's like well, the visiting team's uh, the visiting team broadcast, radio broadcast. Yeah, right, right, right. Like the possum yeah. that peeks out from the ceiling, and uh, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, absurdity at its highest level, but the fact remains: we are not uh, we are not unaccustomed. And I'll, I will give you: Have you been there? Have you been to the the Coliseum in Oakland? I have not, but I have heard that okay. it is not uh, it is not the the twenty first century is, glitzing yeah. uh, the, the the best the best building in in baseball for sure. If the the word amenity would not really come to mind. The word concrete comes to mind, but the word amenity certainly does not. Um, but you you sure know that relocation's always on the table and. Um, 
right right now, you know, Golden State. Do you say do you say that the city of Oakland lost the Warriors because they went across the bay to San Francisco downtown? Did they lose? I mean, yeah, I, I mean, think the answer to that is city, no. Yeah. But you're still it's still your team. Whatever. This obviously would be a tad different, but. Owners are going to look around. Where's the better deal? How can I make more money? We need a new ballpark. Uh, do we want taxpayers to pay for it? And that's sort of where it gets a little dicey here. You've sort of delved into it. What are the implications here on how are they going to pay for the ballpark? Is it real that there's no public subsidy coming? And what about the taxation issue? <laughs> it, it, it seems definitely not real that there's no public money coming. The the, the basics, as I understand it, and, and this still needs to be hammered out, but the A's are going to put a billion dollars towards a new building. The plans for what they have in store is a $1.5 billion stadium. So right there, you're looking at some kind of half a bi- roughly half a billion dollars worth of public money. Um, this is, let's let's remember, Las Vegas gave the Raiders $750 million Largest of public, public money. subsidy, yeah. So this is a, a a county or a city that is willing, or at least has been willing in the, in the relatively recent future, been willing to dish out hundreds of of, of millions of dollars uh, to, to 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 sports teams to get to get development there. Five hundred million dollars, Scott. It seems like the the plan. I don't want to get too deep into the weeds here, but it's uh, they're looking for a TIF, a tax uh, increment financing, which is essentially a way in which uh, the the project gets paid off over time by diverting taxes that would be paid, property taxes or sales taxes. In this case, the athletics seem to want both, um, but taking taxes that they could that, that, that would have been paid over a certain amount of time and paying them back to the developer. In this case, the team. Um, and, and one thing that ju- jumped out to me, Scott, I, I know you'll have thoughts on this. The plan here is a thirty-five thousand seat stadium. It would be, I, I believe, if 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 the if the the website I was looking at is right, the third smallest stadium in baseball behind just the Tropicana in Tampa Bay and, and Progressive Field in Which Cleveland. By, and by the way, the Trop in Tampa Bay, as we know, Stu Sternberg saying, I need a new facility. It's <laughs> also not, not ideal. Right. Um, but yeah. I do think it's interesting in, in this trend that, that you and I have talked about of we think all stadiums should maybe be a bit smaller than they are. Shrink it. That, that Shrink the, it. The newest stadium in baseball would also be one of his smallest stadiums. To me, indicates that, that there are owners out there that are understanding that concept as well. Absolutely. The focus now certainly on premium, premium experience, uh, premium seating, premium food and Bev. And by the way, just a little note on construction, which people may not realize, you know, you say, oh yeah, but you take away the affordable seats, you know, the upstairs, section 300, section two, whatever. The fact remains when you are constructing a stadium that those seats are the most expensive. They have to bear more weight. It's just, it costs more money to put those seats on a stadium. If you can do a lower bowl only and sell a premium experience, costs you less to build the facility and extract more on the on the other side too when you're charging your customers. So you can see why owners would certainly opt for for that option. And there are definitely owners that look at those higher price, the, the, those higher lower price the seats, the, the the nosebleeds as as pricing undercutting the actual the, the real expensive tickets that they have, right? So right. so so there's a lot of different economics uh, I, I think at play there. And let's be honest, the 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 there's cheap tickets in Oakland right now. It's not getting people into games, right? The the financials right now for the Oakland Athletics are, are very bad. Kurt Bodenhausen, our, our valuations expert, he put them at the lowest, number 30 in, in baseball last year in terms of revenue from a valuation standpoint, $1.3 billion, puts them about 26th. This is not a team that is, and, and, and the stadium I'm sure is a part of it, this is not a team that is doing well financially right now in its current location in Oakland. All right, well, Sashnik value add because I've been doing this forever. I'm going to take you way back to mid-90s, maybe, driving up the uh, 
the New Jersey Turnpike, there would be billboards and the New Jersey Nets at the time playing at the, I think it was Brendan Byrne Arena before it was the IZOD Center, whatever. I've been to all of them. Oh, that's how old I am. But they used to market to the locals, say, come see the visiting team stars. Like there wasn't a lot to see with the New Jersey Nets and that was okay. It was come see Orlando at the time and Shaq. Come see, you know, whatever, the biggest star on this other team, buy the six pack, buy a 12 pack of games and you get to see all these superstars from the other teams. And that was before the days of load management. You really didn't know if they were going to be playing at all. And the guy behind that, his name was John Spolstra. Does that last name sound familiar to you, Mr. Nobody I assume Williams? he's related to Eric. He is, he is Eric's papa. There He's you go. Eric's father. Okay. He, by the way, true story he told me years ago, he used to bring home those promotional, uh, and people are not, are not going to know what a VHS tape is, but he would bring home like promotional highlight video VHS tapes. And Eric used to watch Isaiah Thomas, and he could tell where Eric would stop the tape and rewind it and watch it again because it would get, you know, you know when it got a little glitchy mm, when you were like watching warped. it. Yeah. It's because he had stopped it and rewound it so much because I believe Eric, and that, by the way, I have no notes. Great I'm not going to anything. I believe Eric played his college basketball. No, I don't. Like, like Nazareth was, was Van Gundy. I don't remember Eric. Where did he, we're going to have to look it up. I don't remember where, but super interesting that he would take these tapes and he fell in love with Isaiah Thomas and he'd watch us and for those of you who, you know, you'd held a rewind button that it was zzz, zzz, and just kept playing and playing. Also, value do you know who the mayor of Las Vegas is these days? Uh, is it Goodman's wife still? It is. Yes. Carolyn Goodman. Yeah. Uh, I told the story before. We like When this all started, it, it was the brainchild of Oscar Goodman, who yeah. was the ultimate showman. Um, people who form a mob lawyer. That's what that's, you know, sort of his his um, his M.O. But now his wife, Carolyn, is the one overseeing sort of this. This recreation of Las Vegas, not only to a family destination, but one of a professional sports town. Amazing. I, I was interested in when one of the, I believe it was the A's president, when he was talking about this deal, said that the team projects that 70% of its ticket buyers, people who go to Vegas A's games, are going to be Am I going to need a pen for this are, one? Are going to be locals. No, no, I'm not going to do the whole calculation. 70% local. Okay. But, but it does make me, I mean, my, my big question here, the, the Raiders play nine, 10 home games a year. The the Vegas Knights obviously play more, 41. Suddenly you're adding a team that's pay, playing 80-something home games a year. Uh, given all of the other entertainment opportunities, uh, is does this market get too saturated? It's not a big market population-wise, at least not yet. Um, at what point do you start to worry, or, or does it not matter? Do you, do you start to worry that there's just too many sports tickets and, and opportunities to go to things in, in a city uh, that doesn't have that many people? At 60,000 seats, yes. Yeah. At 30,000, knowing that the casinos are going to buy a bunch and not only in the box, but the hospitality, I could certainly see the concierges at the casino being for, hey, can you get me 10 tickets for the baseball game tonight? You will have in the colder months, uh, and this is not an accident, you will have cold weather cities scheduling the games, you know, in, in summertime. Come on, come on down. Um, so... Uh, I, I don't think so. And I don't think it'll be just local. It doesn't have to be, by the way. It's, even though it's obviously 81 more games than the other sports leagues play, uh, I would not be concerned, especially if you are selling a premium experience in the Las Vegas market that we have seen understands entertainment value. Uh, Engelbert Humperdinck, you know, on, on, the, uh, on, the, uh, on the national anthem. Um, 
No, I, I wouldn't worry about it. I think, you, I think you'd do okay on the ticket side. My, my piece of advice for this is, and again, I've never been to Vegas, but I've heard from people who have that sometimes you, the, the middle of the day is just a time where it's kind of hard to figure out what you're doing. If this team played a lot of its day, games during the day, I know it's very hot in Vegas in the, in the summer, but if there was an opportunity to kind of fill in that slot for people who are visiting on a Thursday or a Friday or when, when they maybe have the daytime open, uh, I think there's maybe an opportunity there. I'd be curious to see what, and, and if that 70% is right, or if this team is going to live and die by Cubs fans coming in for the weekend when the Cubs are in town or you know, Seattle Mariners fans flying in from Seattle in April when it's when it's not so fun to be in Seattle in in April. I, I would be very curious if that 70% ends up being right or if they miscalculated that at all. So every day then in this team would be like Wednesday or Thursday. Every day is getaway day. You want to play an early game so that you could travel to the next city. Think about, by the way, Love that. and I, I totally believe that huge advantage that the road team's going to come in and get distracted by the nightlife. Well, the Vegas Knights yeah. saw that in in year one yeah. and two, right, yeah. and and less so this past season. If I'm remembering, if I if I have that number right, that I think there was definitely a a a kind of honeymoon period for visiting teams in Las Vegas, and then teams maybe got a little bit wise about where you're staying, yeah, how, how you want to Im- impose curfew, whatever that is, uh, to make it a little different. For baseball teams, obviously, it's also different because you're coming in for multiple days, right? If you're if you're a hockey team coming in to play the Knights, you're in and then you play and then you're out. Um, baseball team could be in town for four days easily, right? So it does make that calculation, I think, a bit different as well. And kudos to Barry Bloom for actually uh, tracking down Reggie Jackson, who, of course, played with the Oakland A's before the uh, New York Yankees. And Reggie, who had tried to you know, be part of a group that buy the team, yep. uh, bought the team a while back, was just flat out blaming the city. He said, don't blame the A's, don't blame the owner. John Fisher's been trying. This is on you, Oakland. Yeah, you, had, you had a chance. You should have done it. You want to keep your team. It's the only one left. You, you lost the other stuff. Um, it's just interesting to hear Reggie's take on on what went down in Oakland. Absolutely. And this is a this is a team that has moved a lot. And it's you know, it was the Philadelphia Athletics, then it was the Kansas City Athletics, and then it was the Oakland Athletics, and seems like at some point maybe going to be the, the Las Vegas Athletics. Uh, this is not a, a the, the team or people who have rooted for this team. It's not a it, it's not rare for this team to, to be bouncing around. There was the minor league team, what were they? It was the fifty ones for like area fifty one, yeah. right? <laughs> Uh, we saw on Twitter somebody said the Clubbers, which of course has Vegas and baseball yep. um, reference there. I don't know. I'm trying to think of what else makes sense. For well, me I, I think they've said name. it's going to be the Athletics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, I think it works. Like, I don't, I don't know if you need to change totally, it. I just wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't be green and yellow anymore. Too hot. Too hot in the sun. You got to have light, <laughs> light colors. Light colors. All right. Uh, <laughs> speaking of moving and moving on, ESPN began a, a what is it, seven thousand layoffs coming at Disney. Obviously. <laughs> ESPN, ESPN will be hit. Uh, today was day one. Um, Mike Soltis, like first first name that we've heard, longtime public relations guy. Uh, what do we say? Number two tenured person at ESPN. Second 40, longest, yeah. Yeah, 40 something years. He was an intern in 1980, I think, is what it said. Yeah, it makes, makes perfect sense. So, you know, we heard about Mike. Good luck to him. Let us know if we can help in any way, shape, or form as to whatever part du is in, in your career. But like to be at one place 40 something years. But, uh, you know, uh, not obviously unexpected, but to do it in waves, very difficult for folks to sit there and concentrate on your job, not knowing if the axe is going to fall. Yeah, you probably remember, I'm sure you do remember this also, back in 20, I think it was 17, when we were working at Bloomberg, there was a a weekend where I think it was the Washington, uh, the New York Post, it may have been the Daily News, published on a Friday that, layoffs were coming at Bloomberg and that the yeah. sports team was going to be hit very hard. 
And I remember the whole weekend being like, uh, I have to, this is an ax hanging over my head. I don't know if I'm going to be employed come Monday or come Tuesday. Um, and, and thankfully you, you and I both survived that, that round. Some of our colleagues didn't, unfortunately, but yeah. To, all to of have, our colleagues didn't, uh, oh, by yeah, the way. All of our some, colleagues. All of yeah. them. It was, it was me and you left. We were the two man team. And that, again, that was a miserable experience for three days to, to know if you're a, if a talent at ESPN, right? And it seems like the, 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 the front of camera talent that may be happening in a much later wave way down the line to know that that's hanging over you potentially for the next few weeks or even months that seems totally unfair right if if my advice to espn especially if the communication in some in some degree is that this is going to happen in stages uh you should just better to do it now right now that people know just a terrible situation i have a bunch of friends there as you might imagine and i've spoken to a number of them and i and i and i swear i mean this in sincerity this was not there is that part of me that's the reporter wants to dig what are you hearing what's the you know if you get a memo all that i get it i do not do that it was really about are you good uh, do you know that person? I know, how are you guys doing? And there's a whole lot of, you know, just the internal chat of, well, you know, I talked to somebody up high and I think I'm okay. Mm. And, um, I think it's going to be this group and yeah, but just a, just a terrible, terrible way to have to go about your business. But the, the business is changing and ESPN is changing with it. And they're about to commit, I would assume a, uh, big, big dollar figure to the NBA on renewal. And yep. You know, the sports rights keeps going up. They're still trying to figure out streaming. The monetization of streaming is not there yet with the cord cutters, cord nevers. It's just a changing landscape. You got to figure out. It'll settle in. You got to figure out. Um, but this is just sort of one of the realities, especially if we see we're, we're used to it in sort of print journalism. This has been going on forever. But uh, the cash cow of Disney, ESPN, we're not so used to seeing it. But here we are again in the latest round. I was going to say this is a it's been a it's been a rough few weeks for uh, for journalism from a from a jobs layoff perspective. BuzzFeed News closing, Business Insider also having having a round recently, uh, and also on the tech side, it's got a lot of the companies that that we yep. have written about that have raised a lot of money, that even up up to the biggest the biggest names and 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 and, and the biggest tech companies in the world, uh, a lot of them going through layoffs uh, as well. So this is a, something that's happening across a number of different industries right now, um, and and. And yes, if I was an ESPN employee, I would be. I think I would be. Uh, be very frustrated and nervous about the way this is all happening. Speaking of frustrated and nervous, I wouldn't want to be an NFL player with a DraftKings or FanDuel app on my phone. <laughs> that you know, have you ever accidentally hit? Like I go to hit my ways and I'll hit my my Slack, or you go to hit sort of your New York Times app and you hit your New Jersey Transit. I mean, my th- my thumb is about. If I let me let me look here, I want to see. I would say. My thumb is this two apps. I, and, you know, you make a mistake and hit it at the practice facility or on the team bus. Guess what? You're suspended. Uh, not surprised that we have seen NFL suspensions for gambling-related matters. Full year, six games. Um, but I think people might be confused about, no, no, no. Not everybody bet on football. No, no. That's, you know, they bet on other sports, which, by the way, is okay. But the location of the bet that matters in the NFL uh, bylaws and some players got caught up in that. There was so much kind of misinformation or people just jumping to conclusions about this, Scott, when when it happened at the end of last week. The NFL suspended five players for violations of gambling policy. Three of those players were suspended indefinitely for betting on NFL games last year. 
right? I think most people would agree that uh, know that's you, a should, you should not be doing that. NFL players should very much understand that even if you're not betting on your own team, even if you're not betting against your own team, you should not be betting on NFL games. See um, Rose, comma, Pete. That feels very clear. Uh, I understand the punishment there. The other two players who were suspended for six games each were exactly what you were saying, Scott. They were not betting on NFL games. They were betting on other sports, which is allowed. But you're not allowed to do it at team facilities while traveling with the team. So it seems like at any point during a road trip, you're not allowed to do it from a team bus, a team plane, et cetera. Um, So I'm I'm sure we'll get more information. It sounds like it was maybe college football that they were betting on. Could have been from their locker, could have been from a a bus to the airport, whatever it is. Um, And and I agree. That seems like it's a silly restriction, right? If you're allowed to do this thing, not being able to do it from a team facility just feels like a weird, arbitrary demarcation line. And I understand how NBA play, NFL players might not understand that that was a thing, right? They're, they're, what am I allowed to do? What am I not allowed to do? Okay, I'm okay to bet on college football. Great. Okay, I'm going to do that. So, and personally, I think that the a lot of people tie all the business ties that the NFL has to sports betting now as some kind of massive hypocrisy built into some of these rules. I'm not sure if I fully fully see or agree with that as well, right? I don't think everything that every, everyone the NFL partners with on a corporate side is something that they should want their players doing all the time. Those, those two things don't seem that different, right? And if the NFL has alcohol partners, uh, but it doesn't want, you know, its players drinking to excess on, 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 on team charters or planes, whatever it is, I, I can understand a world where there is kind of a difference between the kind of companies that the NFL wants to partner with and the actions of athletes who are on NFL rosters. So to me, those things are a little different. So again, I think there was a lot of people jumping to conclusions and I don't fully agree with a lot of the criticisms that came out of this announcement last week. Uh, no, but I would wonder if I'm an NFL player, what about the education process? That's all. You know, 100%. Did I not know? How was it conveyed? What, did I get 10 emails that I didn't open? Did it go to my junk folder? Are they posted in the locker room? Are they posted on the bus? Was I reminded? Just that sort of thing. You'd wish that a bunch of people... And, and by the way, could have absolutely happened that way, and they still could have violated the rules anyway. Totally. So yep. that should. All right, let's look at a little, little upbeat story. little upbeat story. How about your boys at Wrexham? Amazing. Now, uh, <laughs> being Amazing. promoted, yeah. now, now I, I, I'm not sure. I'm going to try and get this right. I believe they're, they're promoted to what would now be sort of the fourth division, if we were going by divisions. Is that correct? That's, That's where right. they're going up to? They went All from right. five to four. All right. um, they were very close last year, Scott. I think some people don't realize this. They were in they were in the playoff to, to get promoted last year and ended up losing in the in the semifinals, I believe. Um, but so much uh, this has got to be the most attention a, a fifth division soccer team has ever gotten, right? Probably more attention than a fourth or third division soccer team has ever gotten by virtue it's, of... It's, got, it's gotten more... They get more pub than some EPL teams. Way more, I would think, at this point. I mean, I, I, I got texts on uh, over the weekend from friends of mine who haven't texted me about any other European soccer teams probably ever, right? The the amount of people who watched Welcome to Wrexham, the, the Netflix show that, 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 that Ryan Reynolds and, and Rob McElhenney uh, put together... The amount of people that watched that uh, and then followed the story, uh, I think, is pretty remarkable. My question about all this, Scott, is obviously attention is good. If you're Wrexham, you want as much of it as possible. What is the direct through line business-wise for them? Do we think they're selling a ton of 
merchandise? Do we think that people are going to make the, the the pilgrimage to to Wales yes. next year to see yes. this team go? Yes, on all of it. Yeah. Yes, I think they can sell what if they want to come up with a cute merch, global merch with pictures of Rob McElhenney. Yes, I, uh, yes, I think that their attendance has what doubled to like ten thousand. They're expanding I, this, the the stadium expanding next year to fifty percent more can, capacity. Yeah, I, I give me like sort of one or two premium areas as we discussed at the start of the show here that can certainly happen give me tv specials they're coming to the u.s to play in a tournament yes the 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 power of ryan reynolds and rob mcelhenny has been unbelievable and again if i'm gary bettman i am looking at what is happening with with this team and i'm saying my lord i have got to have ryan reynolds involved in the Ottawa Senators, even if his group does not win the bid, Ryan, please come back. Please get together with the eventual winners and be involved. Help us out and make us as famous as Wrexham is. One, one thing I'll say on that is that the the commercial opportunity in, in the fifth division is, is it typically is very small, right? You don't need to sure. do all that much to suddenly be doing kind of bonkers numbers relative to, to your peers there. So again, yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a 10,000 seat stadium right now. Uh, they're going to add again, they're going to get that up to 15,000. It seems like for next year, but um, I don't think any of these teams sell much merchandise at all. Right. So just having a, a big spike in, in merchandise or a big spike in, in ticket sales, all of that probably in the, in the fifth division of English soccer goes a really, really, really long way uh, in, in terms of the baseline for what your competitors are doing. Absolutely, um, but don't under don't undersell or underestimate what that Ryan and Rob have done, and it's not just like easily recreatable. Hi, I'm a celebrity. I'm gonna buy a team, and I, I don't think it's that easy. Like there, there's an understanding, there's an expertise, there's a creativity, and most of all, I believe, and I don't know this for sure, but what comes across is there's a caring. Yeah, like there really is a caring part here. Put all of those things together and you get the magic potion. Yeah. And this is certainly working. And my weekend is interrupted by whether it's ESPN or, you know, my son telling me, hey, did you see Rex, Rexham won? And he goes, they're, they're getting promoted. He doesn't even know what the heck he's talking about. Doesn't know Rexham, doesn't know Ryan Rally, but whatever. He's telling me about it um, because he saw it on his phone. He got an alert. He saw it on, you know, TikTok. He saw it on wherever he gets his news. So, uh, it, it's working. And I think other teams would be really, really smart when we talk about value-add, limited partners, strategies. Uh, no, it's not going to be as great a story as sort of, you know, the small town and then that, that sort of that, that hill, uh, that shining uh, part on top of the hill, the EPL. No, I mean, like, uh, is it going to be third, then second, and then one day EPL? Probably not because they're not going to invest that much. And by the way, they didn't pay anything for the team either, right? They just promised to invest a couple million in the team, they slid and a peppercorn across the table, from what I understand. So it's, yeah, yeah, zero yeah. Dollars. So yeah. it's it's turning out to be a pretty. When we look at really, really good deals that have been made in pro sports, you know, um, th- this might have to uh, be among them. When we look back, uh, it's not the Silner brothers yet in St. Louis and uh, NBA rights in perpetuity, but give me thirty years and maybe it will be. I don't know. We'll see where they are. Yeah, I think that one other thing that I don't know enough about celebrity culture to to really know the answer to this, but it seems as though they are also just very likable celebrities, right? There are there are a lot of celebrities I think who could 
do something like this, try to buy or take over a small town soccer team. And, and there would be a lot of haters Flop. out there. Um, yep. and, uh, Ryan and Rob just seem to their, their public personas seem to be very likable. And I think that is, I think that goes a long way for this. And, and it also would be, uh, what I would say about potential cautionary tales. If other people, other celebrities are out there thinking, Oh, I'm just going to do, I'm going to do that same thing with, with Yeovil town to pick another fifth division soccer team that I learned about, uh, today and prepping for this episode. All right, let's close with this. Novi Williams, look directly into the camera. Give me your best head tilt little smile as if to say, I'm likable too. I'm likable Eben too. Novi Williams. <laughs> On the Twitter, Novi underscore Williams. I am Scott Soshnick. Not likable. On the Twitter, at Soshnick. Producers, Matt Whitehurst. Thank you very much, Matt. Our digital media editor is Cora Veltman. She loves it when I remind you that the show can be found at Sportacast, which is the hub of the Sportico Media Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.